0: How are you guys doing today? You doing all right? Yeah? You doing okay? It's good to see you guys. I'm just real, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. How many of you usually come to the 930 worship, but today you came to 11? I'm just curious. Okay. How many of you usually come to the, I, I got a question. If you usually come to the 930, were you thinking all morning, were you thinking, man, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. I can't, I that's what, we usually have to be there about 745, 8 o'clock and Man, I slept till eight o'clock, seven forty-five. Then I then I was like, I kept looking at my watch. It was nine. I got I got. I need to get to church. Anyway, we just know how you people that come to the eleven o'clock service feel now. So uh, I, I'm just making an observation there. But um, listen, thank you for coming. We uh, let me say something very quickly about snow days, cold weather days. We have to make the call. Uh, we have to make a decision. Usually, we try to make it six or seven o'clock the night before. Last night, it was supposed to, the weather was saying it's going to rain and sleet and snow, so we didn't want to take any chances. So we made the call at about six or seven o'clock. If we'd known it'd been clear, we'd have had two services. But anyway, we got to make the call earlier so we can make sure everybody, nobody gets here at nine thirty. But uh, we'll always have service. It would it just go to, we would just combine and have an 11 o'clock. So uh, thank you for being here. And I, I know that God is going to bless you I want to say something quickly about bikes for kids. Yesterday was such an incredible day for giving away bikes. How many of you were here yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. Give yourself a hand for that. You did such an amazing job. I am so proud uh, to be part of, of Faith Co. Church, and I'm so happy that we you know that we get involved in that. That is not just uh, a well attended event for us, but I think there was somewhere between one hundred and sixty and two hundred volunteers that showed up and then we had some people that came that didn 't sign up and, and people served and that went so well. It is so cool that that everybody shows up and we 've been doing this so long that everybody knows exactly what to do. I mean, it just runs and it happens. You talk about giving away 425 bikes in a couple of hours and having it completely cleaned out and everything. I mean, it was it just like, boom, turn the lights off and it was perfect. And for the people that are going to be working for the next couple of days, we have bikes where uh, people couldn't be there, couldn't get rides, or, you know, grandma couldn't be there to pick up the bikes or whatever. Uh, we have people working for the next couple of days to call people and make sure these bikes are delivered. So thank you for working very, very hard. As of now, Faithco, through all of your generosity and through all of your service, we've given away over 5,000 bikes. Isn't that awesome? Okay, real quickly, how many of you yesterday was your first Bikes for Kids? I told you, didn't I? I told you that was a cool event. So uh, I, I was telling everybody, you just got to be there. You just got to be there. We had a, uh, our state representative for district, I believe I think he's 27, district 27. Is that right? 26. 26. District, he was there, uh, uh, Dell, Curbs, 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 as in Curb. I don't know. Okay, anyway, he was there yesterday. He was, uh, here's the deal. We try to get people from the community, uh, the mayor or someone to come just see it. Because when it's all said and done, they come over and say, man, I had no idea. When we say we're giving away bikes, they think we're like in a warehouse over here giving away bikes out of a door or something. But they have no idea what this, they're they just amazed by this. So the idea of that is getting the word out. So we have more sponsors, and, and the community comes together. I think we had, uh, Butch, how many sponsors did we have yesterday? You remember? Not to put you on the spot. About 30, 30-ish? 32-ish. 32-ish. That, would that, that wouldn't be an ish, would it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're still counting on it. So, yeah, would you believe that people give the Bikes for Kids all year long now? It's not just something that people give in December. People do it all year long. Uh, We we have a storage that uh, people will buy bikes and give them to us and we put them in the storage and and it's, it's just a cool thing. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of that. And if you were there and, and, and got pictures of the kids, I, I mean, it, it touches my heart not only to, to, for the kids that got the bikes that were just going nuts over these bikes, but it's also cool to see your kids there and then walking around. I got a few pictures of some of our kids walking around serving with aprons on. And these, they, I mean, they know how to operate bikes for kids. So this is just a really cool thing. Thank you again, and God bless you. And, and what an opportunity. It is, it is a gift and it is an opportunity. We're we're talking about the gift. That's that's the idea of this series, the gift that God has given to us. And with that gift, God has given us a responsibility to share that gift. Let's kick off this message with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the amazing event of Bikes for Kids and how we have had the opportunity to be a part of that. Thank you for the people that are here and for keeping your hand up over us through through this weather. And, And Lord, May we not take for granted the gift of a warm house and a warm bed at this time. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you because our water didn't freeze. I mean, th- thank you. Thank you for it is, it is a blessing and it is a privilege that we get to live the way we live. And we thank you for that. Bless us as, uh, that, that we may receive of your word today in Christ's name. And everybody said? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say Christmas is next Sunday. Christmas is next Sunday and uh, don't forget we'll be having two regular worship experiences next Sunday at 9 30 and 11 come invite somebody to be here uh, we have cards invite cards that if you if you want to hand some of those to your friends you can pick those up at guest services on your way out but make sure you're here we have a very special event uh, next day next Sunday on Christmas Day as we 've been talking about the gift, I got to thinking about that this week, and i I thought about how we as parents want to buy our kids the perfect gift uh, it's Do it, some of you you start taking a poll of your kids because you don 't want to just go out and waste your money on something and, and that 's what I do is I get my kids what I want them to have a lot of times, and it may not be as special to them you know I, I get that sometimes I buy. My son gifts because he's a, we wear the same size as clothes, so I will buy him things. <laughs> I'm telling some of my strategy, But when, he, when it makes its way to the laundry, it makes its way into my closet somehow or another. I don't know how that happens. But, you know, we want to get our kids uh, the perfect gift. And I got to thinking about how that has evolved over the past years. I grew up, I was born in the 60s, I grew up in the 70s, and toys have changed. Gifts and toys, what people want, has changed tremendously over the last 30, 40, even 50 years. So I I got to researching what were some of the gifts and what were some of the best toys that were of the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s. And I I didn't get as many as I could, but I got about 15 or 16 different toys. And what we're going to do is I'm going to put these up on the screen. And if you know what these are, I just want you to tell me what they are because I guarantee you, your kids have no idea what these are. Okay? All right. Let's see the first one. What's that? Clackers. Okay. I don't... How many of you busted your knuckles? You know, I said, click, 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 click. Ah! Do they still sell these things? They were very intense when they were a kid. Not to mention, I had... I had to find the picture. Hey, wait on me, okay? Wait on me. All right. Um, how many of you had a Super Ball? Okay. How many of you, when these first came out, they're different. How many of you got a Super Ball that your parent, you know, you could get one about that size? You walked out and you threw it on the concrete as hard as you could, and you never saw it again. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I got a Super Ball. Wham! You know, <laughs> down the road, it was gone. That's so much for your Super Bowl. All right, next one. What's that? What is it? So it's not just a phrase. It, comes, it was a toy at one time, okay? All right, next one. What's that guy? How many of you had a $6 million man? You could look through the back of his head, remember? And he had the, you could roll up his sleeve on his arm. You roll up the skin on his arm, and then you push his back, and he jacked up things. Hey, if you got one of these today, it's worth some money. I had, I had one of these. Okay, how many of you never seen one of these before? Oh, my gosh. Does anybody ever remember the show, The Six Million Dollar Man? Stronger, faster. Okay, all right. Okay, keep going. We won't get too much into this. Okay, what's that? Man, I don't know about those. I you had a light bulb. It took forever to make a cake out of one of those things. What is it called? easy bacon. okay next one what's that <laughs> what light how many of you had a light bride okay we couldn't afford one of those when I was a kid all right keep going what's that what 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 do what do they do people's oh, wobble but they don't fall down I'm just, I'm just curious about the generations. How many of you never know how many of you don't know what a weeble is? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Okay, keep going. Listen. Listen, that was a first generation G.I. Joe. No, that was second generation G.I. Joe. He had a full beard. He was a, how many of you had a how many of you had a G.I. Joe with a full beard? All right. Man, I that was the coolest doll. It was a doll. Action figure? Oh, I'm sorry. It was an action figure. We call them dolls. Okay, keep going. What's that guy? How many of you had a Stretch Armstrong? How many of you knocked a hole in your Stretch Armstrong and the liquid came out? Okay. That's another one of those toys I couldn't afford. All right, keep going. What's that guy? Alright, this is more this is from the eighties actually, isn't it? Maybe or maybe early nineties. Okay, keep going. What's that? Okay. Uh, how many of you had a care bear? Alright, keep going. What's that? My what? My little, my little pony. How many of you had a my little pony? I don't see any guys out there, okay. Alright, keep going. What's that? Yeah, that was, that was like, that happened in the, in the uh, she got a three-story. Barbie was throughout the generation, but she got this mansion, I think, in the 80s. Keep going. What's that? How many of you had one of those? I actually had one of those. I got a picture of me with mine. All right, keep going. I think that's it. Is that all of them? Oh, oh, how many of you had one of these? Listen to me. That was the first handheld. What, what, what do you call that? Electronic. Electronic. That was a, we, I, we spent hours, hours on these things in football. I think that was like 1982 handheld football game, little, little minus dots. That was the character. Okay, anything else? That's it. Okay. But wasn't that fun? <laughs> was there a point to that? I don't know. Sometimes you just want to have some fun. But the idea is that the perfect gift has changed throughout generations. But the perfect gift that God has given to us is a timeless gift. Amen? Amen? Last week, we began talking about the mission of our church and how that generosity is the key to what God is, has done in our lives. That generosity is not an obligation. Generosity is, is, that, that it comes from the heart. It is not a reaction to guilt in fact, at our church, we provide opportunities for you to be generous. We provide opportunities for to give not just your finances, but to also give your service. A lot like Bikes for Kids, we give people opportunities, but it is never out of obligation, and it is never out of guilt. That is not the heart of generosity. Whether it's, whether it's, it's Bikes for Kids or it, whether it's building fund, we talk about it. We give people opportunities, but it's between you and God. Why? Because we want it to be a response of your reaction to what your Heavenly Father has done for you, a generous Heavenly Father. Because of His perfect gift, we respond with our generosity. We respond with the generosity of our lives and our resources. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you for just a little bit about the generosity, our generosity that comes from the heart. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your what? Where your treasure is, is where your there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Here's also, your heart is tied to your treasure. Let me say that again. Your heart is tied to your treasure. A lot of people have misused this scripture throughout the ages and will look at this and say, hey, listen, you shouldn't save your money. You should give it all away or you shouldn't have resources or you shouldn't have things or or wealth. That is not what this scripture means. In fact, that's taken out of context. The Greek word for treasure is, is thesauros, which means wealth that is stored up because of its value. Not because of its, it's a resource, because it is saved up because of its value. Treasure here is something of great personal value that your heart is tied to. Another word for that would be a keepsake. Something that is held of, because of sentimental value or something that you consider very, very dear to your heart. It is, it is loved. And it is kept because it reminds you of something. Let me ask you something. What do you treasure? What do you think of? Let me, let me say it to you like this. If your house was burning down and you could only grab one thing, what one thing would that be? <clears throat> Fellas, this would be an opportunity for you to look over at your wife and say, baby, I would grab you. Okay? <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. Okay. Of course, it goes without saying that we would grab people that we love, okay? That, that, it, it go, that goes without saying. But where did your mind go beyond people? Where does your mind go to? I mean, I, I, if I could only grab one thing, I don't know. It, it might be if I just had a, a split second, I might grab my favorite guitar or something like that. It might be something that, hey, I can't replace, the Bible says that where your, where your treasure is, your heart is tied to. The thing that your mind went to, that might be the thing that you treasure, uh, you treasure the most. What was, let me ask you this. Was money a derivative of that thought? Was money a derivative of that thought? Because where your treasure is, is where your heart is. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having lots of money. In fact, that is a blessing from God. But the idea and what we're talking about is the fact that we have to keep our heart right when it comes to money. We have to keep our hearts right because uh, because if we don't, our, 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 our thinking and our lives will get out of whack. Therefore, when it comes to money, and we're talking about generosity, we're talking about matters of the heart. When it comes to money, we have to remember three things. Remember three things. First of all, when it comes to money my money, this is what we have to remember, my money is God's. My money is God's. In Psalm 24 and 1, it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Let me ask you a question. What do you have that has not been given to you? Now, you can think of things that you've worked for, but really, if you really think about how you receive what you receive, what do you have that has not been given to you? Everything in this life, everything that we are is on a lease plan given to us by a, our generous God. That has to be, you know, what, what, can we take anything with us when we leave this life? No. We can gain things and we can have things done, but we have to give it all back when we leave this life, including our money. In Malachi 3 and 10, it says, bring the tithe into the church's storehouse or into the Lord's storehouse. Why does it say bring the tithe? The reason, why does it say bring instead of give? Because we can't give what is not ours. If you read the Old Testament, you understand that God said, when God speaks of the tithe, he speaks of it as being his. He says it is mine and it is holy. I can't give what, it is not, what is not mine. The tithe is his. Therefore, when I bring, when I bring, God gives me all of my money. When I bring the 10% back to him, I'm giving to him or I'm bringing to him what is already his. The, the, when, when this scripture was written in Malachi... The prophet was speaking for the Lord, and he actually said this to the people. He said that you have actually robbed me by not giving me what is already mine. And the people would say, how could anybody rob God? And God said, by not giving me the 10% that is mine. Therefore, I bring what is already his to provide for his church and to honor his word. It is an act of honor. It is an act of gratitude. It is an act of thankfulness because God blesses me. Amen? Listen to this. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now you got to get up and you got to go to work in the morning, right? We got to get up, we got to not be lazy, we got to not be slothful, we got to, we've got to manage our money, we've got to manage our lives. God gives, God gives us and he blesses us, but listen to me, sometimes we think, man, I've gotten everything in my life because I have worked hard. You might need to go to work, of course, you might have what you have because of your good ideas and your good business sense, but God gives you the power to what you have, to have what you have, amen? Amen. He gives you the ability to get up. He gives you health. He gives you the breath that you breathe. He gives you all of these things, and that gives you the ability to have what you have. I have what I have. I am who I am, and I I am what I am because of the gifts of a generous God in heaven. You believe that? Say amen. amen. It is all my fathers. Another thing, when I remember the gift of God, to keep things into perspective when it comes to money. Number two is my money is a tool, not a treasure. My money is a tool, not a treasure. Now, it is a very, it is a, a, an extremely powerful tool. In Ecclesiastes 10, Solomon says it like this. He, said, he says it is the answer to everything. Money answers, one translation says that money answers everything. Now, I don't know if money answers every single question, but it answers resourceful questions. For example, can I afford to buy everybody who I want for Christmas? Can I afford to buy everybody everything that they're asking me for Christmas? I don't know. Do I have enough? Yeah. Uh, I want to buy 10 bikes for kids next year. I want to make sure that I do that. That is a goal that I have. I want to buy 10 kids a bicycle. Uh, I, I plan to do that, but... I don't know if I can do that because I have to check and make sure that I have enough. If you think about all the different things in your life, uh, we want to pay for this building debt-free. Now, we'll be able to do that if we have enough. Yeah, it answers an incredible amount of questions. But it is a tool, not a treasure. Money brings wealth to the wise But it can also bring sorrow to the foolish. Money can empower the generous heart. But it can also empower the greedy heart. But money is simply a tool to fuel whatever is in a person's heart. It gives people the ability to accomplish whatever is in his heart to do. But it's only money. Everybody say, it's only money. If it becomes more than a tool. If it becomes more than a resource. Then Things get out of balance. It becomes, if it becomes what we treasure, it affects the heart in a negative way. Remember, generosity comes from the heart. However, if we don't have the right perspective of money, we make unwise decisions. In fact, what money can bring us in life can pull us away from what God's plan is for our life. You believe that? If, if we treasure money, it, what money can bring it's not so much that we want money sometimes, but it can bring us things in life that can pull us away from God. Look what happens in Matthew, the 19th chapter in the 21st verse. You've all heard this story. Jesus says to this young man who was very rich, he says, if you want to be perfect, because this man approached Jesus and said, I've done all of these things that has made me righteous for, uh, for, you know, to paraphrase. But Jesus says, okay, but if you want to be perfect, if you want to, if you want to be completely right with God, go sell all that you possess, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The young man, the problem with this was not that the young man had money. It was, that, it was the fact that he treasured his money over the kingdom of God. Don't miss this. The young man treasured what he possessed. You see, people might have looked at this young man and thought of all the good things that he did. And they might have thought well of him, and, and maybe he had good standing in society. But Jesus revealed what was going on in the young man's heart. And that was, he loved his wealth. And he loved his money, which are signs of greed. He loved that more than he loved the kingdom of God. It was not that, he had, it's not that he had possessions. It was that his possessions had him. Right? Don't miss that. Don't get that twisted. It is a blessing of God to be rich. But we have to have the right perspective of this. People who are generous, here's what we believe. We own our money. Our money does not own us. Amen. So here's what I got to decide. I will use my money as a tool, and I will, look, well, I will not look to my money as something to treasure. It's only money. Amen? Amen? Lastly, so I will live a generous life in view of the gift of God on my life. I will keep my heart right, and I will keep in mind that my money, number three, is an opportunity. My money is an opportunity. My money, another way to say that is my money gives me opportunity to multiply, to make more money, to make and build wealth. Why? So I can be a vessel to be used by God. So I can bless my family and I can bless others. Look at First Timothy 6 and 17. It says, tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Tell those who are rich. Now, who is he talking to? Now, you might be sitting here and you might be thinking, well, that's not to me because, you know, he's talking to the rich. He's talking to the rich in the church. Now, if you've been a part of this church for very long, every time that I talk about money, I try to convince us and I try to convey the message that we are all rich. If you don't believe that, look at the, uh, you can go home and Google poverty in the world. And I'm telling you, if statistically speaking, everybody in this church is at the top 5% tier of the wealthiest people in the world. If you have a house for your car, what's that called? You're a rich person. Some people will look at your life and say, you got a house for your car? You're a really rich person. If you have a house for your dog, some people will look at your life and say, you are a very rich person. In fact, I've been to the countries in the world where you didn't want to be a dog. All right? If you if you have a doctor for your pet, you're a very rich person. All right? If you've got got more than one room in your house, I can't tell you how many places we've been to when we there are communities where they have one room and they're so blessed because there's a roof on them. If you've got more than one room, if you've got heat, if you've got air conditioning, if you've got the you are a very rich person. If you eat more than one time a day, if you don't have to go get your water from more than a mile away, you're a very rich person. So I don't have time to get into all that. But when, when he's talking to the rich, uh, relatively speaking, statistically speaking, if you live in this nation and you have the opportunities that we have, you're a very rich person. So let's just all decide that we're rich. Look at, your per- look at the person next to you and say, you're very rich. Very rich. All right, so this is us. To the rich, he's saying. He says, their trust should be in God. Here's the problem that we have. that we, we Sometimes our money can gives a, give us a false hope of who we trust. He says, no, your trust should be in God who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use. Everybody say use. use. To use their money as a tool, if you will. If I could add that in there. Their money, to, uh, 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 to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up what? Not here on earth, but treasure in heaven. Amen? Storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. You see, if we're out of balance with our money and our perception of money, we'll think that money can give us true life in this life. It can make this life easier, but true life is really actually in the next life. Amen? Listen to me. A wealthy, generous follower of Christ is is one of the most powerful forces on the planet. Why do I say that? Because he or she has the ability to resource the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about doing good throughout the earth. To make a huge impact in the world through, through, through generosity, through giving, through acts of kindness, helping the poor, feeding the hungry, giving water to the thirsty, funding the building of campuses, buying bikes for kids. We are constantly looking for opportunities to help people in this life. And a generous, wealthy, passionate follower of Christ is one of the most powerful forces on the planet. Amen? Saving lives and saving souls is expensive, but... I believe the church has finally awakened and said, We understand what this looks like, and we understand what our responsibility is. Therefore, we understand what go really means. I really believe that that is happening in churches, not, in just, not in just, but I'm talking about churches all over the nation that the church is beginning to wake up and say, Hey, God is blessing me to impact the entire world for decades I believe the enemy has wanted to keep the church poor and destitute I believe that that was what that was his MO that was the message that he wanted to send the church in fact convey a message to the church that and I remember growing up in in, in the 70s and thinking that 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 if people and it seems like we were taught that in the church that if, if people were wealthy, then maybe, you know, they were more sinful and they didn't need God. And I need God because I, we don't have anything. I believe the devil wanted to keep the church poor and destitute and convey that it was, it, was, it was a sin to be rich. But thank God, thank God that that is changing and that God has changed us and, and, and he's teaching us. That God wants us to be blessed. He tells us how to be blessed. He says it's his will for us to to prosper. Amen? Amen. It is a gift. Jesus is generous to us so he can be blessings, so he can send blessings to the world through us. Right? Let me say that again. He is generous to us so he can be generous through us. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 11, it says, you will be enriched in every way. You will be enriched in every way. So that you can be generous in every way. You're going to be enriched in health. You're going to be enriched in wealth. You're going to be enriched in every way. So you can. Not, not, just, so, not just so you can have everything that you want. Yes. God wants to bless and prosper your life. But not just so you can have everything that you want. Not just so I can. Uh, yes. Have the car that you want. But it's not just about that. Yes. Live in the house that you want. Build and, and, and be blessed and prosperous. That was the Old Testament blessing. The patriarchs of the Old Testament were wealthy, but it's not just for that. It's so that God can be a blessing through you. Amen. Here's the gift. The gift is that we could take part in the Old Testament blessing. Remember what you remember what uh, the Lord told Abraham? He says, I'm going to be a blessing to you, or I'm going to bless you so you're going to be a blessing to the entire world. In fact, the whole world is going to be blessed because of you. Fast forward that into the New Testament. Ephesians talks about how God put together this church. It was the idea of our Lord Jesus to put together a church to show the world how to live, but also to be a blessing and not only be a blessing, but to show the world how to be blessed. Amen? God wants to bless you in every way of your life, re- with resources and with health. God wants to wants you to be a blessing so he can be a blessing to the entire world. That is the gift. Does that sound like a gift you, you want to be a part of? Amen. That is a gift that I want to be a part of. Well, let me ask you something. What is your perspective of money? Because our perspective of money affects our heart. And giving and generosity is a matter of the heart. Amen. Whether it be your resources, whether it be your time, it does not matter. God wants us to be generous, and he's generous to us, so we'll be generous to others. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. And thank you, Lord, for ministering in your house and I I thank you that I pastor such an incredibly generous church and I thank you Lord for speaking to us in the way of generosity and a perspective of finances and I pray Lord that you will address us wherever we are Lord if we wrestle with greed today if we wrestle in the area of of managing our finances Father if if we are not generous with our time may we address those things in the name of Jesus because this is a matter of the heart in the same way salvation is, the matter of, is a matter of the heart so wherever we are speak to us today and I pray God that you will not only confront us but you will also challenge us and you will change us to be the people That you've called us to be in Christ's name. As your heads are bowed and and maybe God is speaking to you today. Let me ask you something. What is God saying to you today? What is God saying to you about a generous heart and a generous life? What What is God saying to you about your life, your time, your resources, your talents, you gifting. What is God saying to you about that? As you feel God speaking to you, and as he is confronting you, I want to pray with you right now. If you're here and you're next to somebody that you love or care about, you might take them by the hand. The Bible talks about two or three being gathered. When we are in agreement, he's there with us. And whatever God's dealing with you about today, if God's speaking to you, I want you to allow God to speak to you and bring change in your life right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to speak to us, to challenge us, wherever we are. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to deal with any kind of greed that might be happening in our lives, Lord. Greed is a matter of the heart. May we not treasure our money more than we treasure the kingdom. May we not be selfish with our time, but may we offer ourselves to serve you. Lord, I pray for the families and for the the people that are here today. I pray, Lord, that you bring change into the life of every person, God. as our hearts are open to whatever you want to speak to us today about. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. I'd like for you to continue to bow your heads, and as you're praying, maybe you're here today, and we're talking about a matter of the heart. The first decision that you've got to make is a decision to follow Christ. Before we address these things, these other things, if you're here, maybe you're here because somebody has brought you here. Maybe you're here because there wasn't a, a maybe another church closed. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, you're seated here and God has spoken to you about giving your life to Christ. If you have never given your life to Christ today and you're here and God is speaking to you and God is drawing you, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Or maybe you're here and you've walked away from God for some reason or another. You've walked away from Him. You you haven't served Him in years. or You don't even know. I would love to lead you in a prayer And you'll come home to where you're supposed to be. If that be the case, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. I won't ask you to stand. I won't single you out. You won't be embarrassed in any way. I just want you to say a prayer out loud with the rest of us, and we'll all pray together. But in order for me to say this prayer, I just need to know that people are serious about coming home. So between you, me, and God, you can say, Travis, I would like for you to pray that prayer, and I'm going to give my life to Christ today. Just let me know by... Lifting your hand up and putting it down. Can anybody say that? Travis, I'm going to give my life to Christ. Let's see your hand over here, sir. You can put it down. Anybody else? Today's the day that I'm going to give my life to Christ. Anybody else? I just want to know that people are serious about this. Just one more time I'm going to ask, just in case I missed anybody. Okay, we're going to pray. And as we pray, if you lifted your hand, I don't know if I saw everybody. I know we had at least one or two as we pray repeat this prayer after me we're all going to pray together and you're going to come home you're going to give your life to Christ let's pray together dear heavenly father as I am before you today I give you my life Jesus I receive you and I I, I commit that you are Lord and Savior of my life forgive me for all of my sins and wash me clean I believe in you that you died for me and rose from the dead. And I confess that you're Lord and Savior of my life from now on, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate.